Hey ladies, welcome to Crave. I'm Kate Apanui and this is the podcast for women who want to create a life they're craving. If that is you, if you are feeling like, oh my gosh, I really need to do something about this or there's something I really want and I can't put my finger on it or I can't tolerate this anymore, then shoot me an email, hello at kateapanui.com and we can set up a time for a free consult. I always offer my clients a free consult because I think that before you hire a coach, you should definitely interview them. So if you've never hired a coach before, then please, you know, it might not be me that you hire, but please interview whoever it is that you're considering hiring. You know, shoot them a message and just say, hey, look, I'd really like to work with you. Is there any chance we could jump on the phone for, you know, 10 or 20 minutes and just, I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask you. And I think this is really important because, that other person may say no I don't have the capacity for that or I don't do that or what have you that's fine that's and then you get to make your own decisions um, but I think the way that I think about it is when I hire a coach I'm inviting that person into my life for a really important reason and I really want to make sure that I'm inviting the right person in and on top of that, you know, I'm paying them. I am employing them. So not, you know, I don't want people lording it over me. Well, I'm your, I'm your employer and you're my coach, so work harder or anything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, your coach is working for you. It's, it's their privilege to be your coach. And just it is, as it is your privilege to work with them, but, you know, they're really privileged to work with you, whoever they are. And so I always think that if somebody's hiring me, I think, wow, I'm just so um, humbled that you chose me. Thank you. And I really treat it as a sacred contract. So, yeah, if you are considering hiring a coach and you're thinking, hmm, maybe that could be Kate, then absolutely shoot me an email and we can set up some time to talk if you decide at the end of that call, you know what, it's it's just not right or it's not the right time or you don't have to give me any reason, but a no is just as acceptable as a yes. So I'm just putting that out there. If you, I'm taking on one-to-one -one clients at the moment. So if that feels like something that you would love to do, then, or you're just, you know, slightly curious about, then shoot me an email. I will drop that in the show notes and you can follow through from there if you'd like to. You can also, um, if you're just kind of curious, you can stalk me on Facebook or Instagram. I know there's plenty of people who just watch from the sidelines and don't engage. But if you do want to engage, you know, shoot me a message there. I really enjoy hearing um, from people in that world. Okay, so... What we're going to talk about today is something slightly unusual. I don't know how much I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I'm going to talk a little bit horse. So if you're not a horsey person, don't hang up just yet because, um, I mean, don't turn off the podcast just yet. It's not the 80s, the 90s, where we don't have those phones anymore. Um, okay, so if you are not a horsey person, don't worry. You can totally use this. I'm going to show you how to use it. Um, and yeah, so let me just give you a little bit of background about what Equus Coaching is before I get too far into it. Um, Equus Coaching 
is something that was created by a woman called Coelle Simpson. So if you haven't come across Coelle Simpson, um, you can find her. I think she's coellesimpson.com perhaps. I'm sure if you Google her, you'll find her. She's incredible. She's a trauma, I think she calls herself a trauma life coach. Um, she's, I came across her because she was using horses to help people. And that was something that I was really, really interested in doing. Koel was actually the first coach I ever hired. Um, and we used to speak over the phone. She, that's how she coached me. So, um, and then I, I applied to learn her sort of particular method of working with horses, which she terms equus coaching. And I'm now the only certified master equus coach facilitator in New Zealand. So there are certainly other people in New Zealand doing wonderful equine work. Um, it just happens that I'm the only one in certified in this particular modality, um, which I'm really, really proud of because it's such a beautiful way to work with horses and the lineage is just, you know, I'm really proud of that. So Koel's great. She does a lot of work with not just horses now. She takes people on retreats to Africa and, you know, interacts with elephants and lions and and all kinds of other animals. And she does retreats. Um, she takes people out with wolves and bears. She's just incredible. It's, you know, anyway, if, you, if you're interested in that kind of thing, go and check out Koel. She's wonderful. You know, uh, maybe consider hiring her. Put her on your list of coaches to interview or connect with. Um, she's very wonderful. So, yes. So I went to the States. I trained with Koel to become an Equus coach. And then I did a little bit more training to become master certified. And that was just, you know, learning those skills has been the greatest gift of my life. There's hardly a day goes by when I don't think about some of the lessons that I learned with horses over the years. And this has been coming into, so that's something that I offer my clients. If you're interested in that, you can find it on my website, katapanui.com. Um, I offer equus coaching for groups, for teams, uh, for one-to-one, -one, for couples, and it, it works in all different kinds of ways. So equus coaching looks different depending on what we're doing. So sometimes it's just standing in a paddock looking at horses and there'll be a whole lot of learning that comes out of that. Sometimes it's meditating with horses. Sometimes it is standing in a round pen and doing more what people might consider natural horsemanship um, exercises, you know, asking horses to... It looks like lunging, but without a rope. Run around you, you know, when there's no rope there. Like, how do you communicate to that horse? I want you to move in a circle around me. And how do I get that to happen? So there's all kinds of things that we do with horses. And the reason that we use horses is because horse, we have to kind of, um, particularly when we're interacting, you know, how, how can I get you to move from point A to point B? Or how can I invite you to come into my space? Or how can I ask you to move out of my space? All of that um, is communication, relationship. We're using all different parts of ourselves, our energy, our nervous system, our thinking mind, our all, all sorts of things. And so horses provide really really clear instantaneous feedback into what kind of like how good our communication really is and where we're at as people in our lives they're sort of they're really great um, 
And so sometimes what's been happening to me recently is I've been thinking in horse. And this, I mean, this has been happening for a while, but it's been happening more recently, um, particularly with the last couple of clients over the last couple of days that I've had. And I thought this could be really helpful for other people because when I coach with people and it's, it's just over the phone coaching, um, that people bring all kinds of things to the table. They say, oh, you know, I want to have a better relationship with my partner or my husband, or I'm just not getting along very well with my teenager and I don't know how to get it right, or it feels like I'm repeating the same kind of patterns that I had with my mother or my father or what have you. Or it might be other things like I've got something really difficult going on at work and I don't know how to deal with it, or I don't know how to advance my career. You know, I know where I want to go, but it feels like so-and-so at work just won't let me get ahead or I just can't bring in that, you know, higher sales or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that go on. Typically, not always, but almost always, it comes down to relationships. There's, it, there's seldom things that we talk about that aren't relational. So it can be very helpful for people to kind of take themselves out of their own context. You know, if I'm talking about let's say I'm talking about my partner and I'm like, oh, he's this and he's that and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and it's just not working when this happens. We're very kind of in the moment with it and it it's so hard to see outside of that box. And so sometimes if I say, well, let's imagine, in my own mind, this is kind of what happens, let's imagine that this person who's telling me about Bob at work, um, you know, they're telling me about Bob and let's imagine that this person is standing here with Bob the horse, not Bob the person, but Bob the horse. Now what would be going on? What would this look like with a horse? And so I want to give you an example so that you can kind of um, see how you might be able to do this for yourself. So I had a client the other day and he was telling me about something going on in one of his relationships and this particular relationship was really difficult for him because he wanted it to be working better. He wanted to have a good relationship. He could see that it was possible to have a good relationship. He really liked the other person. He really thought that he respected the other person. He valued them. He could see so much good in them, so much good in the projects that they were running. Like he could really see like, you know, he genuinely had a lot of good feeling there. But the issue that my client had was that he didn't feel that the other person was wanting to connect. Like he felt like that other person was kind of doing things that were deliberately hurting him and the relationship. So the other person, like if we were to give specific examples, the other person was sort of... Um, making inappropriate requests uh so when I say inappropriate requests uh I'm not I'm talking about things he was like that that's not really something that you should be asking me to do that's something that you should be asking um Susie Jane or Bob to do you know that's not really my job um and they were kind of requests that 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 other person would never have voiced they were just put in this kind of passive aggressive way over a, a group message or something. 
Um, and there were sort of other things, you know, like where this other person was not really being totally upfront and honest in their communication. They were they were sort of leaving um, my client out of conversations or out of situations that you know would involve the whole team. They weren't utilizing all um, all of his skills and capabilities, and it was really kind of discombobulating for them. They were like, "Why is this? Why is this not working? You know, it should work. You know, this is a really everything about this relationship should work, and yet the person on the other end clearly doesn't want it to work. They're they're blocking me at every opportunity, and." So with this in mind, you can kind of imagine, um, you can probably imagine your own relationship that is not going the way you want it to go, whether that be with a kid or a partner or a friend or a colleague, whatever it might be. We None of us have perfect relationships across the board. It might be your parent or your sister or your auntie. All of us have a relationship, at least one, where we're kind of going, oh, that's a bit wonky, or that's not really going very well, or that's quite challenging. So imagine whatever the relationship is that you're um, finding a challenge. And so with this particular client, I started to imagine like, okay, what if, let's just call him Bob, what if Bob was standing next to a horse, you know, this other person, how would this other person, this horse, be acting how would we see it if it was a horse and so it would sort of look like a horse tossing its head around or a horse kind of starting to chew on your clothing and then actually biting your arm or your shoulder or something like just a a nibble not like a really they're not biting your arm off but just a like a, a snap kind of or perhaps they sort of casually stomp their foot and land on your foot or they're flicking their tail and it just keeps flicking into you and it's or they're kind of kicking out a little bit you know like not really dramatically but they're just like raising their foot and just sort of just kicking out a little bit they're not massively trying to hurt you but you can kind of get the idea with this right so if you've got a relationship Um, whatever your relationship looks like that you struggle with, start to imagine, okay, if that other person was a horse, what might that look like? Like, how would they be acting? How would we see it in body language? And so we could both kind of imagine that, like, oh, yeah, that's that's what this other person in the relationship would look like if they were um, a horse. Okay, great. Now, if they were a horse, what would I do if they were doing that? Or what might it look like to be me in this relationship? Let's start there. Okay, well, being me in this relationship looks like I keep patting them and grooming them and um, telling them how great they are and what a good horse they are and I really like them and come on, let's just go for a ride. It's going to be fun and we can do this. We can work as a team and encouraging the horse to like you know rest its head on my shoulder and you know so you're kind of getting the idea I would keep inviting the horse into space into into my space into my into relationship with me 
or you know imagining my client that's what my client was kind of doing like kept opening the door they kept he kept sort of saying you know come on this can work let's do it we'll work together and if we put it into that horse context it looks like why are you inviting a horse into your space when it doesn't feel safe it doesn't feel like um, it feels like that horse is not it could potentially hurt you you know they're giving you clear signals that they're not engaged in the relationship and you keep leaving yourself really open and saying hey come and hang out with me come and be in my space when they're not acting in a very safe manner it doesn't feel good to you when you know if you were standing right next to a horse like that that's tossing its head and stomping its foot and nibbling and chewing on you and sort of kicking out little bits that wouldn't feel good to me to stand next to a horse like that and chances are it wouldn't feel good to my client you know that's generally the kind of behavior that we say hey you know what? I need a bit of space between me and this horse just to feel safer just to feel okay you know I, I don't like to invite people into, or horses into my space when they're acting that way okay good to know and so it sort of begs the question, okay, if I wouldn't invite a horse into my space when they're acting like that, why am I continuing to invite a person into my space when they're acting in that way? And it's a really good question. Like they've shown me that they're not interested, you know, they're, they're, they've shown me who they are in this moment doesn't mean they can't change doesn't mean the relationship can't change but in this moment they're not acting in a way that feels like I don't really like the way that they're acting so why do I keep inviting them in and when really I could say that's fine you you can act that way you know you can send messages like that you can disinclude me from whatever or unclude me I don't think disinclude me is a word um, but you can you can act that way but I'm not going to keep inviting you in you know like I'm not you don't get to come into my space I'm not going to be wide open to you anymore and it starts to kind of shift the dynamic a little bit um, when we see things from a different perspective like that, we can start to go, oh yeah, I wouldn't invite a horse in like that. Why am I inviting this person in when they're acting in a way that really I don't like, it doesn't feel safe to me? Huh, that's interesting. And so it goes from this very charged feeling to a more curious, less judgmental, like, wow, why am I, why am I so interested in getting this relationship to work it doesn't mean it can't work it doesn't mean you stop um, you know it doesn't mean you just drop all engagement and say well screw you it's never going to work anyway it's more along the lines of you know what the dynamic that's set up doesn't feel good to me so I get to renegotiate the terms and I'm just going to kind of create some space create a boundary create some distance between you and I or you don't you know there's there is a boundary there and so we can do a whole session on boundaries if you like and talk about all of that. But that's kind of how I think about things. And don't get me wrong, I don't always get this right. You know, I can end up in really interesting situations in all of my relationships. You know, it doesn't mean I'm perfect at this. 
but it means that this is kind of how I start to think about things in a different way that helps me shift it. So I wanted to offer that to you guys today in case, no doubt, you have a relationship in your life that has kind of got you going in circles a little bit or has kind of got you going, what is going on there? Why can't I work this out? So it could be really interesting for you to put that other person into the role of being the horse and imagine, okay, if their behavior, whatever it is, was being demonstrated by a horse, what do I think that horse would be doing? You know, would that horse just be turning its back on me and walking away? Would that horse be, you know, sort of pushing me over with their head or using me as a scratching post and just, you know, using me to scratch their butt or scratch their head all the time? Or would that horse just kind of not even recognize that I was there and walk all over me? Like what what would be the be the behavior that I would see with a horse? And if I was with a horse, how would I most like to deal with that behavior? What would feel good to me to keep myself safe, keep myself in integrity and feel okay? And then we can start to have some idea about, hmm, in my relationship, I might like to, you know, you might say, well, if the horse is using me as a scratching post, I might like to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be your scratching post. There's a post over there that you can use, like an actual post. Go and scratch your head over there. Or you might say, you know what? I don't mind scratching your head, but I don't want to do it all day. Like I want to do it for a little while. That feels good to me, but I'm going to set the terms of, you know, how long and when. So if we were to put that back into, okay, well, how do I do that with a person? Then we start to say, okay, um, if you're using me, like if you're using me to kind of scratch your itch all the time, it might look like a friend who always is like, oh my gosh, you never guess what happened, blah, 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 blah. And they're just telling you all this stuff all the time. And they're kind of like using you, the relationship might feel unbalanced. Like they get to kind of spew all their problems onto you and you listen and you're empathetic and you're all the rest and then when you go to tell them your problems they're like oh no I've, I've got to go you know I've got to get the kids to school or whatever else and they're not or maybe they just kind of you can see them zone out they're not interested in scratching your back so so to speak so it might be that you realize like huh I do really like that friend and I like hanging out with them but I'm not available to hear all their stories all the time sometimes I can but you might start to say um, you know what, Jenny, I've got, I've got five minutes today and I would really love to hear about your thing and then I've really got to wrap it up, okay? And it might just be that you start to set some boundaries around how often or how long or how many times a day or whatever it is that you engage in that way with that person. Or you might decide, you know what, I'm really, really sick of hearing their stuff all the time. And you might, you might stop answering their calls. Or you might say to them, look, I, I'm just not enjoying the way that we communicate at the moment. It feels very one-sided. And while I love hearing your stories, I'd really love our relationship to evolve past just me listening to you all the time. Like, could we 
could we balance it out a little bit or (laughs) that might not go down very well but you know there's all kinds of ways that you can that you can shift this dynamic if you want to Um, and so or it might just be that you ask yourself a question so the question that my client was asking himself was why is it that I keep inviting this person back in, that I keep um, trying to make this relationship work? Like, why is it so important to me that this relationship work when the other person on the other end really isn't um, invested in it working? You know, they, they're actively <laughs> trying to make it not work. So why do I keep trying to make it work? That's a really interesting question to sit with. And oftentimes when we get curious, we get out of that stuck mode and we can kind of start to see things in a different way. You know, information starts to drop into our minds just kind of out of the blue. We're like, huh, I, well, yeah, why am I? And it can sort of naturally create a shift within us. So, you know, if you've got, let's just use the Jenny example, somebody who's ringing you and telling you all their drama all their time, you might just start asking the question like, why do I keep, um, why do I keep engaged in this relationship? What am I getting out of it? Why do I keep um, letting her talk all the time? Or why is it that I feel so, um, that it feels so important for me to keep within this relationship I mean there's all kinds of questions you could ask it's it's about finding the right question for you to kind of open up that curiosity okay guys I don't know if that has made any sense to anyone listening um it's certainly slightly convoluted and it involves some imagination um and if you've got questions about this I would really really love to hear them um Furthermore, I'd love to take you out with a horse. I just think horses, standing in a paddock with a horse, you just learn so much. You're like, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) There's so many things um, that horses help us discover about ourselves in the most beautiful, non-judgmental, really, really supportive way. So, yeah, if you have questions, DM me or email them through. If you would like to set up a consult, absolutely do that. If you'd like to hear more about the horsework and you feel like, oh, that could be interesting. I wonder what that would look like for me. Um, You know, we can set up some time to talk about that too. All right, chickies. I hope this has made sense for you. Um, There's certainly loads more things we can talk about, but I think that's a nice beginning point to talk about equus coaching. So that's me. Um, I'll, I'm going to (laughs) go. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye.